Hello, Aaron. Hey, Caleb. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Now, you are a very busy man at the moment. I'll say I'm very interested to talk to you because you've got so much going on and I'm very eager to talk to you about it. So you have just started up a band. Is that correct? Uh, so, yeah, uh, we, we've got our first gig. We've been together for a little while now, been rehearsing all of our music and whatnot. So it's all like original stuff. But yeah, we're finally getting our stuff out there. How that's really how that come about? So uh, the guitarist for the band, Nicholas Forrester, uh, started this way back when he was in uni, studied at JMC. Uh, and uh, he's had these songs in this band for for a little while now. And uh, Amy, the drummer, has been a part of it as well. And uh, it was, I think, two years ago. Yeah, 20, 2019, end of 2019. Uh, I did a show with Nick... Um, he was the guitarist and we just kind of got him on board uh, with this show that we were doing and we just started chatting about, you know, because I do singing and I do music and other such things and uh, he was like, you want to join the band that I've got, Space Flamingo, and I'm like, fuck yeah, yeah. That, that sounds awesome. Okay, so let's set the stage. So what yeah. is the band name and like how many people are involved and like what actually like instruments do you play and all that type of stuff? Yeah, right. So uh, the band name is Space Flamingo, uh, which, you know, just sounds really, really fun. I'll say it's a dope name for it's, sure, yeah. I, I appreciate the shirt you're wearing, I was wearing, wondering actually. if you would notice. <laughs> yes, it's very deliberate it, I'm wearing this. Look, you're, you're representing more than I am right now. <laughs> <laughs> actually, no, sorry. I've got I've got stars and space There stuff. you go. That's space related. Space and flamingo. Perfect. <laughs> right. See, like, that's just how in sync we are. Oh, exactly, yeah, exactly. Um, so it's a four-piece band at the moment. We've got Nick Forrester on guitar got Amy on drums, we've got Connor on the bass, and then I'm doing synth and vocals. So oh, okay. So you're like, like the us. lead lead singer, okay. Front man is what it's kind of labelled. I, I don't really see that as, as Are you anything, the only though. person that sings? Yeah. yeah okay, yeah, yeah. cool. Yeah. So um, you said Nick was the one that kind of brought this whole thing together. Yeah. So yeah, how did yeah. that sort of conversation start that he was like, all right, you want to come on and do this band, but how did you get all these sort of uh, elements to come together? Because I can assume mm. kind of getting this crew together can be a bit troublesome. Is that what the case? It's, uh, it's an interesting journey. So when I was brought on, we had uh, Amy... Nick and another guy on bass. Okay. Uh, and so we were rehearsing for a little while, uh, going into the start of 2020, and then COVID hit. And, oh, you know, damn COVID. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that kind of stuffed around our rehearsals and whatnot. So of we course. weren't rehearsing as much as, as we used to be. And then our bass player had to end up leaving just because of personal, personal things. And so we had a solid amount of time where we were like, Great, we've got no bass player. Uh, yeah. <laughs> got no idea what we're doing, uh, and so we kind of put out a call to the Brisbane music scene, and we were like, "Hey, we need a person. Our music's kind of like Muse and Queens of the Stone Age. It's you know psychedelic." And so we got this awesome guy, Connor, and uh, we've been rehearsing with him for for a few months now. And yeah, finally out of COVID and also able to like play music with a full band. It's just, uh, it's been really, really good. So getting a bass player was kind of the, the big issue for this, a long this time. tricky point to overcome here. Okay. Yeah. So do you guys like get together at someone's house and then like practice from there? Or do you guys have like a studio that you guys worked in? Or yeah. So how, um, that all, how does that all work? So good thing is because uh, Nick 
went to JMC. We've been able to use their facilities quite a lot. It's oh, been so like, yeah, that's really helpful when you really, have access to the facilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really, really helpful on their part. So shout out to JMC for offering us a place to place to rehearse. But uh, we we do our rehearsals every single week, and uh, and just flesh out what we need to do and what we need to play. We write, we do various different other things. We just had a rehearsal at Nick's place because he's got his own like kind of home studio as well. So it's been a, it's been a very interesting rehearsal process, I suppose, because, okay. you know, we're bouncing between different places, but it's been really, really good and really mm. conducive to getting our stuff together. Okay. So. so as a lead vocalist, what is it like trying to collaborate between um, the various different instruments and stuff because I'm obviously sure. not super familiar with how music is put together. Mm. My background is obviously in filmmaking, if yes. you might have guessed. Um, <laughs> but no, I'm really interested because music is something I have. I love music and I mm. love how these different sounds and vocals and how an artist can really bring everything together to really create something that you listen to mm. and how that really creates like an emotional feeling deep within. Yeah. So what is your process like working with your fellow collaborators in order to get that together in order to you to kick it like create a kick-ass performance yeah sure so uh nick wrote majority of the songs and when he wrote them uh it was for it kind of a uni performance thing so they had you know a set group of people who were doing it and when he wrote them they were all for uh their vocalist at the time okay and so that was a very interesting thing to kind of slip into as you know the new vocalist playing along with what was already there and then throwing my own kind of style and spin on onto it all. Um, that was an interesting process and something that was really rewarding in the end because I got to collaborate with Nick quite a bit um, and really get to the essence of, of what he was aiming for in the first place. So that was a really like awesome experience to have just because I got to play and be creative and whatnot with him. Um, and then the music's just kind of evolved as, as we've continued playing together. Uh, the band used to have two guitars and then drum and bass and whatnot. But now, because I don't play guitar as well <laughs> as I probably thought I did when I first joined the band, we traded that off with synthesizer okay and that's uh that's created a very different energy a different vibe for so for what exactly is a th synth synthesizer yes a synthesizer so what i do is i plug my keyboard into a computer and that runs various different patches oh. and whatnot so is it like an electric keyboard sort of thing yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah. is that what that um have you seen la la land uh, yes. Is that the instrument that Ryan Gosling plays in that um, scene? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. So I fucking love that sound then. That's, that's so cool. It's very, okay. very, very cool. Um, that's a bit more advanced than what I have. Okay. Um, so but you've got that sort of similar instrument than yeah. what he used. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that kind of techno electronic kind of sound. Uh, and we've utilized that to, to make it really spacey and very kind of... Uh, electrified if that makes mm. sense just like well you mentioned earlier it has something like it's kind of a psychedelic feel as well mm. so mm. What, when you said that what was the kind of the inspiration to make it sort of like that is it because of the colors or is it the sounds or what kind of gives off that vibe yeah so psychedelic rock is kind of it, rock's got plenty of subgenres and whatnot mm. and we've taken a lot of inspiration from bands like queens of the stone age which is like desert rock kind of stuff and uh another inspiration was uh psychedelic porn crumpets okay. which is very kind of ethereal very um spaced out 
it's like if if you were to listen to anything like either drunk or high, it's like psychedelic horn crumpets. Ah. It's like so that's the kind of vibe. It's very mellow, very kind of wishy washy, um, and it's got that that driving force of like constant movement and other such things. So I see. that's kind of the vibe that we've added to added to to the sound. Yeah. What kind of drew you to this? Because I know you have a background in a film degree and an arts degree and stuff, mm. but what was it that drew you specifically towards music? Because when I found out yet that you were in a band and that you were doing this, <laughs> I was like surprised. I'm like, Aaron's doing this. That's really cool. Yeah. So what was it that kind of drew you towards this? So I have been playing music for my entire life, piano and whatnot. Um, and so I, I kind of had this natural progression of playing piano and then learning to play piano and sing and then I got heavily involved in musical theatre um, in 2016 I think it was and um, and from there I just kind of really started honing in my singing and pushing through that and working out what my voice was doing and how I could use it to tell stories and whatnot and so that resulted in me doing a bunch of different musicals and whatnot my like highlight was like probably we will rock you or heathers oh yeah so like those were some really really cool things and really got me involved into that rock kind of singing sound uh and then i did some work with this uh company called footlights theatrical uh and i ended up being a music director alongside one of my creative partners uh who was directing the the show and um and that's that was just like a rock kind of through the ages gig, right? Mm. And um, and so through the process of that, I just you know fell in love with playing music on stage and just engaging and like there there is nothing like being on stage playing music and just seeing seeing people enjoy it, right? Yeah. And so that kind of that's what I live for in everything I do. Mm. So. I guess that's what kind of drew me to the band, right? Yeah. It's like I, I get this opportunity to, to sing and, and play the instruments that I love and engage with an audience. And, uh, yeah, I think... I, I don't know if you remember this, but, like, first year we had that... Um, this is that first year of uni. First year of uni. Mm-hmm. We had that session where everyone kind of gathered in and we were like, you know, all getting introduced. Is this to for um, orientation week? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember this now. And I think Farrah, one of the lecturers, had set up like actors to pretend to be students. Mm. I remember. Yeah, this was really <laughs> funny. Yeah, it was... <laughs> yeah, these actors came in and they just totally sold us. Yeah. They... Yeah, we were all fooled. I remember I got up. I like put my hand up. I was like, yeah, I want to say why I came to film school. I want to, I want to, yeah. So I got up on the stage and I was like, yeah, so I am, I'm making films because I want to change the world. And like we, there was this whole thing where everyone had to pick out who was the fake student. Mm -hmm. Right. And, you know. When you hear someone say, yeah, I want to change the world through film, it sounds kind of cheesy and whatnot. But that was genuinely like how I felt. And I think I carry that through. Well, the ending to that everything. story was that everyone voted you as the correct fake person. Correct. Everyone thought I was a faker. <laughs> Which was so like, kind of like, it was sad because it was like, I, because I, I remember back then I was like, 
I, I couldn't remember like why we like because it was like I was so disorientated when they mm. were revealed like there was actors on on stage I'm like yeah. what's going on here <laughs> and then like they said oh, who was the fake person oh, like, I was like I have no idea yeah. and then when everyone voted you because like of what you said yeah. and then you said no I'm, I'm real <laughs> it was like oh no that's like <laughs> god damn it but no I think but that everything you were yeah. saying though about creating that effect with an audience like as fellow artists mm. like that's something that I feel like is so important is when you create something and you see people enjoying it mm. there's nothing more rewarding than that yeah. and whether it's through film music you know paintings whatever mm. when you can affect an audience or affect a viewer or affect someone who enjoys your work mm. that's a really powerful powerful reward yeah and so that's that's kind of why i engage with music it's why i engage with theater it's why i do film it's because like i have a genuine passion to to change the world and when i say like change the world doesn't mean the whole world but it could be someone's mm. world, you know? That's a really good point because another thing with filmmaking and music and, and any sort of industry within the arts mm. is that there's sort of this corporate, um, like, overshadow that kind of goes throughout the industry, right? And there's this kind of mindset that everything has to be make money, make money. We've got to be mm. financially successful. If it's not financially <laughs> successful, then it's a failure. Yeah. But one of the most important things I feel as an artist is to create something that has an emotional impact on people. And sometimes that doesn't have to be a financially successful product. Sometimes you can only reach 100 people, 50 people, sometimes only one person. Mm. But if you can affect one person in a meaningful, positive way, sometimes that's worth it. And I feel like that's a very important thing that so many people, especially in Hollywood, lose sight of mm. is this mindset of like, we need to make sure that whatever we're doing is financially viable and we can do it and it'll be successful so that we can continue to do more of this. But through that process, they lose that edge of like what the true purpose of an artistic vision is. Yeah. And that is to create something that we as humans who all love these amazing things that we really want to go out and enjoy. And through that, that's where we get really good art is through these through these artists that have something to say. And mm. sometimes they get through it through, um, through difficult means and it's not t sometimes an easy road to get there, but when they do and they can finally reach an audience, that's obviously really powerful. Like I look at examples like Ed Sheeran and stuff like that, who mm. when he first started off, he was garbage. He was no good. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if you've heard, there's like a video he's like released where it's like when, when he first started off singing, mm. his voice was, you know, quite quirky and like it wasn't very good, right? And then through practice and time and eventually after he got it to a stage where he was happy with it and obviously he made the right moves within the industry in order to get like realized, mm. he's now one of the most popular, successful and famous rock stars on this planet. Yeah, and right. It's, it's, it's a good story because it's like, doesn't matter where you start, it's where you finish, right? And through hard work and determination, you can get there. And that's where I find stories like yours really interesting because it's like, <laughs> you know, obviously you guys kind of spawned at a really inopportune time when COVID-19 came mm, and it made yeah, things really difficult yeah. but that might be the thing that kind of is the roadblock that comes in your way but then might lead you on to future success absolutely so. absolutely I think the good thing and the well the thing about COVID was it brought us together right mm. like I don't know about you but through majority of of that time you know it was isolated right you felt isolated and a good thing was was we every single week we called up 
We called. We made sure everyone was all right. Did you do like the Zoom meetings and stuff? <laughs> yes, yes, we did. We like had a call every Friday night just being like, hey, how's everyone doing? Are we practicing the music, you know? And it was a really positive thing to have because, you know, it, it was so, so quiet for mm. a while, you know? Well, the biggest thing that I've learned since this whole pandemic started was that humans require interaction and mm. physical interaction. We're a very... Um, relational species and we really need to have that eye-to-eye contact and that eye-to-eye conversation and doing it through a screen through these zoom meetings and and whatnot (laughs) it's just not the same i think it's great that we have the technology to do that but it's just not within our inner biology and our our physical makeup and when we and obviously here in australia we're very you know fortunate that we're in this situation where we are able to get back to a relative normalcy within society Mm -hmm. um compared to a lot of places in the world but like I just remember when I came out of the um, lockdowns and stuff and just seeing my friends again and, and being back on campus for uni and, and having the ability to make our films again, mm. it was just an experience where it was like you really realise what you have after you've missed it for so long. Absolutely, absolutely. I think like coming back to campus, as you said, last year was just like, whoa, like, this is why I do film because mm. it's like you're connecting with people you're able to make something with people and being able to do that in person was just like oh yes it satisfies that kind of that passion and that drive right connecting with people that's that's what it's all about 100 percent. and i feel so many people lose sight of that because of how the social media landscape has developed mm. in the last couple of years um obviously social media has so many pros and so many cons and I feel like one of the biggest cons is that we're getting so involved within the virtual world mm-hmm. that we're losing sight of our connection within the real world. And uh, it really disappoints me to see so many people kind of get lost within the virtual world and lose sight of you know our friendships and our connections with family and, and the workplace and stuff like that. Um, but it's just one of those things that as we evolve as a species, it's just going to be one of those things we have to deal with. But... Obviously, it's, it's interesting to see how the COVID-19 pandemic has affected everything because obviously here in Australia, we're at a stage where we can go out, be mm. in um, spaces where we can not be social distance and, and have events and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, obviously, this leads into what you guys are doing with um, your band and stuff. Um, so you guys actually have an event coming up, correct? Yeah. So um, it's very soon. Um, I think it's the 1st of April. 1st of April. So you just want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So... Uh, 1st of April at the Tomcat, which is over in uh, Fortitude Brisbane Valley. Brisbane Fortitude Valley, right? Yep, 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 yep. And uh, it's it's very exciting. We've got uh, the band Benji joining us. Uh, oh. They'll be playing just before us. And uh, it's just going to be a really fun night. Uh, Tomcat's great. I've been to a couple of gigs there, and it's just a really fun, energetic atmosphere. So, yeah, if you're available you should definitely do behind you i'm so keen uh, for it yeah (laughs) um my question is though how did you go about getting that that venue locked in and stuff like that what was the process like on kind of getting in there because um i assume it's pretty triple pretty hard to get in there right yeah so uh we we did up some demos uh so that's like kind of bare bones tracks of of what we do uh and we did that for one of our songs los villanos and uh and connor our bassist just sent out a bunch of emails to a bunch of different guys he knew uh venues and whatnot and uh and one of the guys over at tomcat just said yeah dude your music's fucking awesome let's play like yeah so 
it was a it was a really really cool and lucky and like shout out to shout out to the Tomcat for putting us on because mm. like yeah we've not really played anywhere else. Um, Is this your first time playing in front of a live audience? Yeah, or have you for, done so previously for the full band first time. Oh, yeah, so yeah. very exciting! It's almost like your your debut sort of thing. Correct, correct. Um, don't Nick, want to miss out then, do you? No. No, you don't. <laughs> uh, Nick and I have played an acoustic set, uh, just us, and that was uh, after uh, one of the productions that I did um, with my production company, Arrow Entertainment. Uh, we had like a little improv competition thing, and uh, after the grand finale, we had this like acoustic set, just as like a well done, you get to chill out and relax and listen to some music now. So, yeah, that, that was like the first time, but this is when we've got full synthesizer, the bass, the drums, electric guitars, everything going on. So, okay, so this is taking yeah. place at the Fortitude Valley in mm-hmm. Brisbane. What time? It is 8.30 for Ben G, so their band first, and then I think it's 10.30 for us. Okay. That's when we start playing. So Sweet. Bit of a late one, but... It's going to be fucking awesome. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, now, the next question I wanted to ask you was that, obviously, you came to film school and stuff. Um, what was the uh, reason that you came to film school? Obviously, you say you've had an interest in the arts and all that type of stuff as mm-hmm. you are growing up. But why film school? Why did you want to come and learn about filmmaking? Yeah, so uh, when I was really young, I wanted to be, like, a missionary. Uh, I wanted to, you know, go over to different countries and, like, you know, spread good good word and, and, and change people's lives. And then I wanted to be an inventor because I watched Meet the Robinsons and was like, oh, yes, Hell classic. Yeah. <laughs> classic film. I want to make a thing that lets you see your memories. Um, and so for a good like six or so years, I was like, I'm going to be an electrical engineer, mechanical engineer. I'm going to study and I'm going to learn German and I'm going to move to Germany and be an inventor and just make things and change people's lives that way and then I didn't end up getting into the engineering course um, at my school because I used to live down in Sydney and oh okay I didn't know that went to a private school down there and uh, and they had like engineering as as one of the elective courses and uh, I didn't end up getting into that and so I was like what do I do so I ended up going into photography and so I was doing photography for a little while and um, I'd always been fascinated with making like home movies and stuff like that. I'd get my little Legos and do stop motion. I did similar yeah, things as a kid. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. And uh, <laughs> I'd make these little stories where I'd hold the camera and you know have the the item that I was filming there, and you know I'd go, oh, and the fire's coming down, and oh no, and then you know make it the childish things as, of course, as you yeah. do. Uh, but I'd never really considered taking that further until I did this photography class and I just fell in love with it I I fell in love with the process I fell in love with taking photos and and capturing an image right and it wasn't until I um I used a a proper film camera like you know old style film Mm. where you have to develop it yourself and I was like wow like you can you can make something beautiful and and capture it and capture a moment and shout out to miss yock who is my teacher you're fucking awesome because you got me onto this you know trend of of capturing things with cameras and so from there i I started getting into more photography 
and videography. And then I moved up to, to Brisbane and I just took all the arts courses, classes in, in my school. And any time I got the opportunity to, it was always making a film, making something to do with a camera. And so I set my goal to be, yeah, I want to make movies. I, I want to do this for a living. I want to be able to share a moment with people and, you know, make someone's life better. Mm. And so that's why I chose to to go into film schools because I, I knew what I wanted to do, but it was whether I had the capabilities or the understanding to do it. And so that's... That's kind of why I, I, I went into that. I could have gone into theatre as well because uh, that became a really big part of my uh, late teen kind of time period. But what I found was I didn't have all of, of the, all of the know-how to actually get into the industry and understand what I needed oh, to get okay. into that. So w- what about the theatre industry is different to the filmmaking industry? So I think... At a base level, at an amateur level, theatre is a lot easier to get acquainted with and get involved with. Now, uh, from my experiences, because I've worked in the theatre realm as an actor and as a creative, it's much easier to, to get involved because you go and do a show and then it's like, oh, so you know this person, which means... I could connect you with this person. And so it, it kind of flows on a bit better. Whereas even as someone who's completed film school and, you know, has the know-how, getting into the industry is still really fucking hard. Yep. It is, like, difficult to get into the film industry. And it's difficult to know where you need to be and who you need to talk to. And so I've found that in the theatre realm there are enough amateur companies out there to engage with where you can actually get involved. Uh, but film, I, I don't really know. Uh, have you had that kind of similar experience well, with I'll the say, film industry? Yeah, so, oh, well, yes and no. Mm. I agree 100% that the film industry is very hard to break into. And we're in a weird moment in time because here in Brisbane, Australia, we have a lot of Hollywood productions coming over here because mm. it's very easy to f- uh, film over here because of we don't have as many um, social distancing rules and, and, and all that type of stuff as compared to Hollywood and all that. Um, but me personally, I have not decided to go into the film industry yeah, specifically. Right. Um, I'm actually pursuing a career more in sport broadcasting oh. um, as a camera operator. Yeah, nice. Um, so I've been able to fortunately get on um, a lot of gigs with that, mm. um, just mm. doing like rugby league, boxing, all that type nice. of stuff. Um, but the, I 100% agree. The biggest thing within this industry, and I feel maybe in life as well, mm. is that it's who you know, not what you know. For sure, for sure. Throughout my time at uni, I studied script writing, directing, a bunch of different things, right? Mm. And, you know, the thing I learned is it's very important to build good connections and good relationships with people throughout your time because I think that'll be far more beneficial for you long term because you can be an expert in production design or mm. acting or directing or whatnot, but if you don't have those right connections with the right people, you're not going to get anywhere. Yeah. So that's such an important thing that I feel like is so crucial within the film industry especially because mm. Hollywood is very much so, uh, what's the word? 
it's very much so not elitist, but it, it, you very <laughs> much so need to. If you don't, it's it's very hard to make sure, like get into like a big like high position there. Sure, um, sure. You need to do a lot of uh, little jobs and a lot of smaller roles, mm. and do a lot of that in order to get recognised, in order to slowly climb your way up the ladder. For sure. And from the experiences I've heard of fellow um, film students and stuff who have made their ways onto Hollywood productions and stuff, mm. um, that's the kind of things I've been hearing is it's very much so you start at the bottom, you know, where you're the fucking you weasel yeah. um, of the industry and you kind of yeah, <laughs> just have to crawl your way up and, and just, you know, build your relationships from there. Here's like a recommendation to anyone who's considering going into film school. Broaden your scope. Like go into every single area and just figure out what your niche is but study everything because that makes you so much easier to hire mm. uh, it's so much better to be versatile as opposed to being pigeonholed into a mm, specific profession mm, mm, definitely because i when i was here studied primarily in directing writing and production design now two of those are very difficult to get into uh yep that's uh, correct <laughs> <laughs> and one of them it's still very difficult, but there's more scope and more options. You're talking about production design, yes. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So production design's in in many ways easier because there's there's more to do, mm-hmm. right? But if you try and push yourself as a writer and only a writer, you, that's that's your thing, right? A director, only a director, that's your thing. There's only one person that yeah. can do that role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So... Um, diversify, I think, is is probably a good recommendation. It's a huge thing. And, and this is one of the funny things I find about the industry and about people wanting to get into it mm. is that when you look at the credits at the end of a film, those credits go for a fucking long time, right? Mm-hmm. There's so mm-hmm. many people that contribute to the filmmaking process. Absolutely. But most people, the general people, just don't watch credits, but the credits they do see are the director the screenwriter, mm-hmm. the producer, yeah. you know, the main ones, right? So they're the ones that most people are familiar with. Yeah. And through my time at film school, I've heard a lot of people when they first come here, it's like, oh, I want to be a director. Uh, I want to be a screenwriter. I want to mm. be this. Like they have this clear set, I want to be this. Yeah. And I was similar. I, I came into film school wanting to be a writer-director mm-hmm. and I realized throughout my time that there's actually so many other things so many other roles yeah. and responsibilities yeah. and jobs within this industry that help collaborate to this process in order to get a product made. And I feel like that's such a huge thing, just to bounce off what you said, is mm. just come into, if you're interested in coming into film school or really any profession, just come in with an open mind in order to have a, uh, yeah, just have an open mind in order to make sure that your uh, horizon is broad so that you don't get stuck into a funnel and mm. you're stuck mm. there forever because yeah. so many people, right, they come out of uni or they come out of school, high school, and they get a job and then that's what they do for the next 40, 50 years of their life. Yeah. And it'll be interesting to see how the economy and career lifestyles progress moving forward. But I feel like, especially within the arts, within this industry, it's very important to make sure that you are diverse with your abilities so that you can make sure that you can kind of do a bit of everything mm. and that's why i think mm. everything you're doing is, is so admirable because <laughs> I, i'm genuinely surprised that you're able to kind of dip your toe in all these all these areas and and find some success with it yeah so, so I, I actually had this conversation with a with a friend the other day um but they, they kind of said what what do you do in your life which isn't work and i'm like huh, that's that's a very interesting question because 
majority of my time is either dedicated to working on projects that I've got going on or investing time into learning more about what I want to do and where I want to go. Um, I have a production company um, with my creative partner and, you know, we put on uh, a, a lot of different things, primarily theatre. Uh, we just recently did an interactive experience in association with Escape Manor Brisbane. We um, Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah. what was that production? Like, so, what was it like? So we uh, we did the creative development and beta test of a uh, an, an experience called Equilibrium, which is like an outdoor escape room experience. We like to title it as game theater. So ah. you play various different puzzles while you're learning more about this kind of story, and it reveals certain things about certain characters and other such. You go off in different groups and you get... Is this like a VR thing? No, this is this is uh, like in person with actors. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And so we did that with Escape Manor and uh, it's in the kind of development process at the moment. We'll be releasing pretty soon. Uh, but that will, you know, that's, that's not happening in Brisbane at the moment. Mm. That's like super new. Uh, I'll say, yeah, this is a a concept that I'm not super familiar with. So So, it's a game puzzle that you have to do and there's a story within it that you have to try and figure out as you're going along. Yeah, so uh, it starts off, you start at Escape Manor and then you're sorted into various different groups. There are four, four teams and four paths you can take and then they tell you their life story, they get you involved it's about this uh secret society in brisbane and so they you know reveal little things about themselves and uh, these actors as they're going through they learn about what's really going on behind closed doors through various puzzles and whatnot and so as they come to understand what's going on uh so does the audience as well and the audience is encouraged to to play the puzzles and you know solve the locks and whatnot so it's uh it's that sounds really fun i always like interactive stuff like that Mm. is because it makes you an active protagonist in a way you become part of the story and you're like really living it Mm -hmm. um that's why and i mentioned vr because that's one of those things i feel like that's a technology that's really evolving quite rapidly Mm. and i feel like that once that gets to a stage that's going to allow for so many new types of stories where you can put on a headset be immersed within this virtual world and Mm. kind of go on a story or you know be inside a world that you're so unworldly have you seen ready player one i have yes okay so the oasis right that mm-hmm. kind of that kind of concept yeah i so desperately want that to happen because yeah. i think that would be so fucking cool <laughs> just to fucking fly around in the millennium falcon mm. or drive around in the delorean that'd be so cool but again that's i think that's probably a bit too extreme if, but uh, again if we can get to that <laughs> stage i think that'd be so cool but again who knows what the advancements technologies are making it's true. It's very, very true. I do fear for your for your dreams, though, because if Cyberpunk 2077 is anything to go by, it's going to be glitchy as hell yes. for a while. But uh, I think that's definitely where, where things are headed. I even think the film industry is headed in that area as well. Into VR, you into, mean? Into VR, into interactive oh. uh, kind, of, kind of media, just because it's becoming so available. And okay. that's, that's an interesting thing. I haven't yet seen a full VR film. I'd be interested to... Well, I've heard that there's quite a few productions like that that are trying Mm. to create this VR movie experience. Yeah. 
Sounds really complicated though, because just obviously getting that done, obviously you need to create a story for that, that would work mm. within like a way that the audience can kind of have some sort of control over that. Yeah. And then just technically, how do you accomplish that? Obviously it's a very complicated process. I've only heard mm. like, like whispers from projects that have been doing stuff like that with the technology, but the film industry and, and just technology in general is advancing so quickly. Mm. Like, I don't know if you're familiar with the technology that like the Mandalorian and, and some of those yeah. sets have been using with yeah. those um, big OLED screens where they basically just create this world. And like, it just feels like they're inside this, you know, fantastical landscape, but it's just a screen. It's um, I forget phenomenal. what it's called. It's um, but yeah, like even that technology yeah. is expanding across the world now. I know that there's a, they're creating a new um, studio. I think it's in Sydney. Um, yeah, I know they're creating some in the UK and, mm. and, and some, I think they're creating like another one in Los Angeles. Like this just started off like as like this small niche thing that the Mandalorian kind of was the, the spawning point for and kind of yeah. revolutionized this part of this technology. But now because it's expanding worldwide, I feel like so many more movies and maybe stuff like this as well will also be utilizing that, that same type of technology. Yeah. And it's just going to make storytelling so much more immersive. I, I'm really excited for the future of film. Because I think we're at the, the 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 precipice of like something really incredible. The way technology is developed, like CGI, was such a, a big development, and we're at that point. I think with with practical practical sets and and utilizing things like motion capture and whatnot, like you can capture CG characters in real time now. Like that is mind blowing. Like yeah. that. We, we could never have done anything like that ever and now it's it's a reality so I, I certainly think that the future of films definitely in VR are not uh, if not VR in virtual worlds and virtual you know simulation kind of stuff and okay yeah so with your production company is that mm. solely what you guys are focusing on like what else does your production company do yeah so our kind of goal with it is to support creative people in whatever ventures they what want. is it called arrow entertainment okay so it's uh it's kind of goal is to propel people into the creative field providing them a platform to to you know make what they want to make and and do what they want to do that's kind of the the biggest thing for us and the reason why we want to do that is because people did that for us right people made a way for us to get into the industry to learn to you know engage with people so we want to provide that same opportunities to, to others we've done uh this improv festival thing uh, we've done uh, this interactive experience we're working on a couple of projects at the moment so it's it's a very exciting time to to be producing work and uh and, and getting things made um and yeah it's just it's a really interesting place to be because mm. you know being the owner of this company and being able to produce the things that i think will change people's lives and and offer entertainment is just is really cool position yeah definitely also one of the big things that I, I definitely get the vibe from you is you have a very um profound uh voice with regards to you want to create entertainment and you want to focus on performance and mm. that's one of the big things that i find interesting about you is that you have this kind of 
um, fascination with performance, obviously through the movie making process, but also through theatre, which mm. is very performance driven, but yeah. also with your music is, as well. Like, what about performance really appeals to you? I think something that's that's always appealed to me in regards to, to performance and, and putting on a show, it's like right now if if i put on this character and i was just impassioned and you know over the top someone's going to be able to empathize with that mm. and relate to that if i was meek and mild and you know quiet then people someone's someone's going to empathize and someone's going to be able to go yeah that's me that i i can see myself in this person and i think that's something that's so vital to the the human experience is being able to relate to someone and be able to see yourself in someone else right uh, i don't know about you but of all the the films that i that i've watched like there is at least someone who's who i've gone i aspire to be like that or i am like that and look how great they are or you know i could be better than that for me, performance is all about being able to provide a connection with a person, but also being able to inspire them, whether that be to keep doing what they're doing, be better than who they are, right? And so when I perform on stage, that's what it's all about. It's always about the audience, right? With my band, like, yeah, it's fun. I get to sing and I get to dance around on the stage and, you know, have fun. But ultimately, I'm sharing that with the audience and I'm sharing that with my bandmates and I'm doing that with people, you know. It comes back to what you were saying before where it's like, yeah, a lot of the human experience is about relationships and it's about being able to connect, being able to engage. And that's like, that's why I think performance is so important. We're performing all the time, right? Mm. You walk outside of your home and you put on a show because that's what we do. And I think it's, it's a really interesting psychological thing that like... It's just part of the human yeah, experience. It is, it is part of the human experience. Mm. It's fascinating everything you're saying, and I think the mission that you've driven for yourself is really admirable. And I'm really excited to see everything that you are working on transpire because it's it's fascinating. One of the things I think is most important for so many people is to have a purpose in life mm. and to be able to find that passion that brings them joy and happiness in life, and do that as their job, as mm. their work, and do that throughout their life and why I find the arts so brilliant is because people can do that and they can share their human experience with others and hopefully share their own happiness with mm. others. And like I said, I think your mission is really admirable and I'm really excited to see how it goes. And thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. And just to wrap up this podcast, I'm going to share this little story of, of how we actually kind of officially met. Oh yes. Um, Good stuff. This was because <laughs> it, it, one of the reasons I knew bringing you on the podcast would be really good was because of our very first interaction. Mm. Um, we had, I think it was what, second year of university. Yeah. We had some class on anyway, basically. I think it was directing and acting. I, uh, think that's I can't remember. Regardless, whatever the class was, I rocked up and yeah. there was no one there. The teacher wasn't there. <laughs> there was no students there. I'm like, um, okay, I guess the class is like not on today. Was I don't, I don't think we ever got an explanation as to why. No, I don't um, think we did either. But yeah, I was there and then you rocked up 
like yeah. a couple of minutes later. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like us two and we were like confused as to like <laughs> what's going on. Why is no one here? Mm-hmm. Anyway, so we decided just to chill and see if anyone showed up. No one showed up. It was just nope. us two. Um, anyway, as a result, we kind of just sat there, chilled out, sh- sh- you know, shot the shit, had a conversation. It went <laughs> for like an hour and a half. Yeah. And it was such a great conversation. And that mm. was my first real time interacting with you because one of the funny things about film school is you see all these different people, but sometimes your paths don't naturally cross. Yeah. And I feel like we were in that situation where our paths never naturally crossed. No, but it from was every- just that one time, that yeah. one off chance. I know, yeah, right? Yeah. But that one time, we I feel like we formed a connection through that human experience mm. and just having a conversation. And I really enjoyed that. And again, now after listening to everything that you've said, not only today, but now obviously seeing everything that you've been working on. Mm. Um, again, I'm really excited to see everything you work on. So thanks, man. Um, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. Thanks Just to wrap me. up, let's remind everyone that the event that you have coming up, April 1st. Correct. 8.30 is when Benji starts. Correct. 10.30 is when you guys are on Space... Space Flamingo. Space Flamingo. And is at the <laughs> Fortitude Valley in Brisbane. Get out to Tomcat if you are interested in coming to see these guys live. Um, I can guarantee you it'll be a show for sure. And hopefully you guys enjoy. And if you have enjoyed this podcast, whether you've been listening to it or watching it on YouTube, I really appreciate you coming in and enjoying this conversation that uh, Aaron and I have had. Um, And I know it's been a very fruitful conversation and uh, I'm definitely uh, thankful for you for coming on. So um, for those listening, thank you very much for watching or listening wherever you are around the world. And uh, make sure you are following the podcast link if you are listening on an audio form. And uh, if you're on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button, uh, subscribe to the channel, and I will catch you in another time.